for my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 322 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And guys, we have someone on the show this week. His name is Will, who has recently become addicted to Minecraft. Oh, I wouldn't say it's an addiction. But it's... Um, I don't know, buddy. You stayed up till three in the morning one night. I mean... It, uh... You know, it's one of those things where you lose track of time, and it is oh, yeah. a time sink. It is, and it's very chill and relaxing for the most part, so it's it's easy to see the, the time tick away. I couldn't yep. believe it. I couldn't believe it, man. I, I wondered if you would, because I knew Liam was at that age where he was starting to become interested in Minecraft. Yeah. And so I wondered if you were going to give it a shot, and sure enough, you did. I mean, it's basically, you know, Dungeons & Dragons light. In some ways, a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, it is. Yeah, that's right (laughs) up my alley. So it's hard to it's hard to say no to. Yeah, and then I you know I get in there with you, and I'm like, hey, I have a very very low amount of Minecraft knowledge because I got into it, I don't know, a couple of years ago and messed around a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, let me into your server, and so I'm playing around. We're building stuff. Our buddy Jeff joins in with us, and. He's doing all kinds of crazy shit because he knows everything about Minecraft. Mm. And I'm sitting here like, man, this thing I built looks really cool. And then I look at people's shit that they built online. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, it does not look very cool. <laughs> Holy shit, look what these kids are building. I can't wait for you to see my treehouse. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. it. Yeah, we built an Ewok some, village. Uh, we, we got a whole yeah, Ewok village up in the trees. I found some amethyst, and when you walk on it, it makes noise like a xylophone with every step. So I got it like in the floor in my place. Nice. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're digging it. I'm looking forward to messing around a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I fucked up and made the portal to hell and poked around in there and learned my lesson real hard. Oh yeah. I went through the effort to mine diamonds, right? My kid's like, you need a diamond pickaxe. You need a diamond pickaxe. You need a diamond pickaxe. And I was like, son, I know I need one. You just, do you know the time that it takes to mine? I looked up, you know, how do you mine for diamonds? What's the strategy for mining? 
And so I found one I liked, and I found some diamonds, and I made my sword and my pickaxe, and, you know, I'm like, and I, I got, he got on with me today and he was like, let me see your world. And I, and I showed him, he was like, oh, let's go through that portal. I was like, look, son, I, you're not ready. I'm not ready for what's on the other side of there. It's spooky over there and things are very angry. And he was like, we got to go see it. Just let me see it. So we go over there. You know, I'm just regular kit. You know, I got my armor on. I got my dinosaur, all this. And like, I'm instantly a pin cushion. I don't know if they were waiting on me. They could hear me coming from the other side. It was like 40 <laughs> skeletons. And then it's like arrows, arrows, arrows. And there's knockback damage. So you just couldn't do a whole lot. I should have immediately built a fortification, like on going through the portal. But you know, I didn't look any of that shit up. And I lost my stuff. And oh, he was no. like, oh my goodness. We got to, and he was like, we can't go back in there. I was like, we got to go back in there. I got to make a run for that stuff. Uh, um, and then it gets worse. Like I go in there, I gather some stuff, and then I start taking damage, and then I'm trying to run away and get away around the corner, and then I die again, stuff further from the portal. And then he's like, oh, this is awful. And I was like, I know, but we got to try again. I got to go back in there. And so I go back in there, and then I finally I get some stuff, and then I make it back right to the portal, about to get home, boom, get killed again. And uh, he was like, and then I looked, and I was like, I guess all that stuff is gone. I guess my stuff is gone. And then I was like, oh, I got to try one last time, one last time. <laughs> and so I went back and I got uh, all I really got was one of the diamond swords back because I had to kill the skeleton that had picked it up. And that time, like it was it was hairy. I was probably not going to make it out like I had set myself up a fortification and I was baiting dudes and bringing them around the corner into it. And just bat, 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 when they got around the corner, just be kind of cheesing it, basically, I guess. But uh, just baiting them and bringing them around the corner and beating them up as they come around the corner. Uh, but I made it back. I made it back to the overworld with just just the diamond sword that I originally went in with, in with all that gear. But, you know, that's how it goes. You live and learn those lessons. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry I said go in there. I was like, baby, that is not your fault. <laughs> oh, that, I knew he's such a sweet kid. I knew better than to go in there. That is not your fault, and I don't want you to think that it is. And, uh, we, see, we got we got more stuff. We'll build new stuff. It's no worries. Man. Uh, and then I was thinking, like, oh, God, I need Jeff and Hawes' help. I need spells. I need armor enchanted. Like, I don't have any of that, you know. No, I'm, you you, uh, you were getting a little ahead of yourself there, buddy. Yeah. So Dan, you better believe I built, like, a ziggurat temple on the way up to the fucking dark portal to hell. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what was funny to me is, so, you know, I played with you Friday night. I built like a little, you know, like a little shack to store all my stuff and sleep in. Temporary till we decided what we wanted to do, right? And then right. Saturday I get on to play with you guys and I walk out to my little house and there's a giant hole in the side. And I was like, well, what happened here? And Will goes, well... Uh, Liam was trying to build you a second floor. He was trying to make an upstairs area of your house. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. I gotcha. And then he got attacked by a creeper in the process, which blew a giant hole in the front door. <laughs> <clears throat> it's funny that he's so into Minecraft. It is. I keep, uh, I let him play my world and I put all the stuff in the box, but it's like, you know, experience accumulates. So if you die, mm -hmm. like you can lose your levels mm -hmm. basically. Uh, and the higher you accumulate your levels, you can do cool shit spell-wise. So I'm not doing spell-wise. It's not a big deal that I die, but I'm always like, let, let me let me switch you over to your world, okay? You, did you have enough fun in my world? Let me switch you over to your world. <laughs> hey, man, eventually you can just uh, 
set up your old Xbox and you two play together. That's true. I forgot about that. That'd be a good time. You know, you can do like the account sharing. So where mm-hmm. you you share your gold account and your Xbox Game Pass with mm-hmm. another Xbox. So you could share that with him and he you wouldn't have to, you know, get another copy of Minecraft and you all could both play online together. That's how Jesse and I okay. play all our Xbox uh, games together with just one copy. Right. Um, yeah, man, that's cool. That so cool. besides He's almost too into it. Is it like I'm trying to put a little bit, yeah. him a little bit, you know, I only let him play for certain spurts cause he'll get real worked up, you know? No, I bet. I remember getting worked up at video games at that and age. You know, and, you know, and in my time at night, it's either, you know, binge watch Marvel shows or cause I got to keep it quiet. So I keep, I got the headset on and I'm either watching TV with my headphones on or, I'm playing a video game, and now it would either be playing Halo 5, basically waiting on Halo Infinite to come out, or playing Minecraft. Yep. <clears throat> so besides Minecraft talk, which, you know, I know that's sort of uncharted territory for us here at Blue Harvest, we also talk about Star Wars. And uh, we we got stuff to talk about, I guess. Shoo, I'm real glad we decided to sort of examine each uh, Visions episode, uh, you know, one by one over these next I think next it's what weeks. it deserves, just being honest. I'm, I'm 100% with you there, but also uh, it gives us something to talk about when the weeks are slim, and uh, it's been slim this week. Yeah, so, well, that too, yeah. Before we get into what we have to talk about this week, follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can at patreon.com slash blueharvestpodcast, where when you sign up to be a patron, you get access to all of our bonus podcasts that we post. In fact, we just put up one uh, that is a new episode of Podge La Rasa with Emily Lind. We're talking about two different Halloween movies this time. And then uh, we're going to have a... Star Wars year by new Star Wars year by podcast with our buddy Steel up and lots of stuff coming. We got Jaws, Oh No It's Hall solo cooking with Will, Master of Harvest Kasi with King Tom, Blue Harvest Adventures, and so on and so forth. So once again, if you'd like to support us, patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out to our patrons. You guys are the best. Around. Ayo. Nothing's ever going to keep you down. So, buddy, what would you say is my favorite movie series of all time? Mm. I mean, between Nightmare on Elm Street and Star Wars, I would guess. Well, I do like Nightmare on Elm Street, but it doesn't hold a candle to Star Wars. Star Wars is my favorite movie series of all time you don't hear me that's doing, just a that's a deep cut for Hawes. you don't hear me doing a weekly nightmare on elm street podcast although how, how the fuck could you even do such a thing <laughs> you're gonna run that out should, of shit real quick you could you could have the limited edition nightmare on elm street podcast on patreon where you just go through all the nightmare on elm streets um well there's going to be a little something like that, not not exactly that concept, but something similar coming as part of our spooky content for the mo- month mm-hmm. of October. 
All right, so Star Wars, that's my favorite movie series. What's my favorite television series of all time? Lost. You're right, right on the money. <clears throat> what would you say I consider the greatest Dutch plastic brick building property of all time would be? Uh, Lego. Lego, that's right. What would you say if I told you that coming in November is a game for the Apple Arcade that seems to combine all three? It's called Lego Star Wars Castaways. Really? Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. So for people that don't know, Apple Arcade is kind of... For lack of a better term, it's kind of Apple's version of uh, Xbox Game Pass. You mm -hmm. sign up, and I think it's like five bucks a month, and you get access to this list—you know, this huge list of games you can download on your iPhone. Well, they announced this week that there is an exclusive Lego Star Wars game coming out November nineteenth on Apple Arcade, and that is Lego Star Wars. Castaways, the first online social action adventure Lego Star Wars game in which players build and customize their own in-game Lego minifigure character. The heroes of their own Star Wars adventure game will visit a mysterious new planet, meet and, up, meet and team up with friends, other castaways, race micro fighters, and experience classic Star Wars moments. Uh, and so basically it's a Lego game where you crash land on a planet and it's like a big deserted island lost style. Oh my goodness. Um, look, I don't know that this is going to be something that would lead me to getting Apple arcade. Um, because I'm not a big, uh, playing games on my phone type guy. Typically. I feel like if I lived in a bigger city where my commute was extreme, I might play more phone games. I could see that, but I think I would be more inclined to play a Switch if I had a long commute. I think right. that's a little more my style. Um, but, look, if this comes out and it gets crazy good reviews, you know, watch out. I'll watch me getting into Apple Arcade for a fucking Star Wars Lego game. That's what it really takes for me to get into one of these things. Some right. kind of Star Wars content content that I can't access otherwise. Yeah, you got me. <laughs> Plus, I guess I could uh, I could even get an Apple TV. You know, that sort of like streaming box thing they have yeah. that you hook up to your TV. And you can play Apple Arcade games on there on your TV. So, hey, hey, hey. Watch out now. Here I Watch come. So yeah, that was um that was announced this week and uh I don't know man, it it looks all right. I would need to see some footage and see what all's up to it. I I do like the idea of sort of like a social hub Star Wars Lego game. You know, I I would probably peace and love be more <laughs> into the idea if this was like a console and PC release where it would be a little easier to get my friends together to, to play around on this Star Wars Lego Lost Island. Right. Because that's what it seems like it's sort of geared towards, uh, like a social experience. <laughs> and I ain't looking 
to hop in an online Lego game and make friends with a bunch of Lego Star Wars strangers. No, thank you. You know, if I could download it on my Xbox, play with like you and Steve and Jeff and Nick and Jesse and so on and so forth, then maybe we're talking. Although I'm right. sure I like Steve would be like, what are we doing this weekend? And I'd be like, hey, I think we're going to play Lego Star Wars Castaways online together. You should download that. And he wouldn't do it. <laughs> he said, no, thank you. He said, no, thank you. It's like that scene in um, Back to the Future 2 when the little shithead kids see him playing that uh, arcade game in the 80s bar. And they're like, what is this, a baby's game? <laughs> So, <laughs> yeah, I'll be interested to see what the reaction is to this game when it comes out. You know, as far as as Lego Star Wars games are concerned, I'm uh, I'm looking more forward to the Skywalker Saga game that's coming out next year. Yeah, that's going to be cool. But it does sound like a neat idea. You know, not hating on it, but for for the people that you know mostly play mobile games, it sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Which, just because I don't like gaming on my phone that much, I also can't deny that there's a huge market for mobile gaming. I don't know how big of a subscriber base Apple Arcade has, necessarily, but, you know, it's interesting to see them getting an exclusive Star Wars game of some type over there. Right. Like I said, if there was ever going to be something that would draw me over to trying out Apple Arcade, it's a Star Wars game I can't play anywhere else. I feel like logically within the market, even people that don't own consoles, some still own phones. Oh, buddy. I think, yeah, I think a much bigger, much, much bigger group of people own a smartphone of some sort versus a gaming console. Yeah. Far and away. You know, video gaming has never been more popular than it is, but still, everybody, you know, quote unquote, everybody has a smartphone nowadays. Right. So your potential audiences, yes, potentially much bigger. But how much of that audience is going to sign up for Apple Arcade? And then how much of that audience that signs up for Apple Arcade is going to play Lego Star Wars Castaways, you know? Right. So, uh, speaking of Lego Star Wars, did you have a chance to watch the uh, Lego Star Wars Terrifying Tales on Disney Plus? I did, yeah. What'd you I think? I liked it, man. I liked it a lot. It was neat. I have liked both of the Lego Star Wars holiday specials, for lack of a better term, that they've done. You know, they did the the Christmas one last year, and they did Halloween this year. And I, I just think they're pretty enjoyable. I'll say this. I had a really hard time getting over the fact that the uh, the Hut character was Master Shake from Aqua Teen. It's basically not even a different character. No, it is guy. basically almost exactly the same character. Like, obviously toned down to be more appropriate for kids, but otherwise yeah. a very it has a very same per, uh, similar personality to master shake and man i couldn't get past it like the whole time i was like jesus christ it's master shake dana snyder do you not have another voice here buddy and they did this interesting look with his eyes that mm -hmm. made it like where he had like basically like one lazy eye or something and it made the whole thing even more master shake like 
so the whole idea behind Lego Star Wars terrifying tales is that um, Poe Dameron is out and about facing off against a couple of TIE fighters who are left over from the First Order. It's post uh, The Rise of Skywalker, just like the holiday episode was last year. And he crash lands on Mustafar, where he finds this hut is turning Darth Vader's castle into like a themed hotel. hotel. Yeah. <clears throat> and um, it's a it's an anthology story. Like there's a, a you know a central uh, story with Poe and the hut and this kid. I can't remember the kid's name that works for the hut and Darth Vader's attendant, the old creepy guy from Rogue One. Yeah, um, they're all going through the temple looking for these Sith artifacts, and as they go through, the creepy old guy is telling them different scary stories. Right, I think like like a crypt keeper, like the crypt keeper from. He even at one point says, "Here a tale for your a tale for your review." Something about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it, he uses the exact words the crypt keeper does. Well, the tale submitted for your, you know, something. Each of the three uh, anthologies is sort of loosely based around different movies, right? Right. So the first one, which was the one that kind of, you know, had me the most interested. Um, just, yeah, the was, story of Ren, the yeah, Lost Boy. Yeah, it was, it was a parody sort of The Lost Boys. <laughs> which uh you know i think is really funny i'm real i'm 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 about that um and i don't know i just thought it was an enjoyable did i come away being like holy shit this is the best thing star wars has done in 20 years no but i like halloween and i like spooky stuff so the star wars take on that sort of genre was a lot of fun i thought do you think um Canonically, you know, we kind of saw that fight in Ray for a brief second in Ray's lightsaber flashback in Maz's castle. Did we not the fight of the Ren, the Knights of Ren and Kylo versus Ren? Oh, so that's the thing. It's a Lego Star Wars. None of this is canon. Okay. And you also have to think like. Because I was going to say, does that mean Ben kind of saved Luke's Jedi Temple through his rage and became... Because I remember the fight between Ren and Ben Solo in the comic books. It's been a long time, but I don't remember it going down like that. It was similar. Uh, It's it's honestly not that similar at all to that Rise of Kylo Ren comic. I meant like the concept of Ren is similar. You know, take what you want. It definitely... I mean, you know, they, they definitely... But you're right. They're based not the character. In any other way. Yeah, base the character off that that idea. But you're so two things. It's a Lego thing. You you're not supposed to take it seriously or take it as any sort of canonical thing. Secondly, uh, you're dealing with an unreliable narrator, right? So right. you can't trust anything that dude's telling you as it is. Right, right. <laughs> That's the the fantasy of it all. It's it, you know your brain's just trying to search for where it could fit. You know, and knowing that, um, you know, I, I, I guess, uh, 
knowing that we don't know what happened or how Jedi's Luke's temple fell, I guess. You know, we know how the night of Kylo's betrayal went down. Right. And remember and, the he called down the lightning from the sky in his rage or whatever and Yeah. And I don't, but is that room. is that what blew the temple up or did he go rage and, you know, kill a bunch of places? Say he said he took a handful, right? Like I just don't know. I would love to know what happened. You know, my brain wants to know what happened. That's okay. It's so clearly not going to get it in a Lego Star Wars thing, but no, that's completely no. unrelated. So that's one thing that is kind of confusing when in the last Jedi, when Luke says that he left with a handful of his students and it kind of seemed like, Oh, maybe they were supposed to be the Knights of Ren or something like that was at one point the intention. But you remember well, watching that whole thing, like it made me realize you know, they did nothing with the Knights of Ren. Like, nothing, you know. No. Kylo was the leader of the Knights of Ren, and that is it, full stop. You don't know why, you don't know how. Like, we have this other information that tells us, but, like, when, in the films, like, mm -mm. It, not, you know, nothing. Nope. You Until know. he turns on them. And there's no emotional weight to that, you know, because you haven't established anything with them. Right. Um, And... You know about as much about the Knights of Ren as you know about, like, Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> or, for that Mosk. matter, Darth Maul and the Phantom Menace. Uh-huh. You don't know shit about Darth Maul if you just watch the Phantom Menace. That's true. But what I was going to say is, um, I was going to say something, and I lost my train <laughs> of thought. It was something, and it was good. I, man, you guys were going to be like, this is why I listen to fucking Blue Harvest Epic. right here. This compared this high-minded discussion. I just turn, turn, tune in to hear this dude fucking get tongue-tied over easily to, easy to pronounce words so I can fucking meme on his ass in private people, group chats. People are like, I tune in for the tangents. The Star Wars stuff is fine, but the goofy shit is what I hear. Or, or I tune in to hear this fucking dick bag who flubs his words so and then i can like do so the, the podcast uh, equivalent of subtweeting him <laughs> and i can't remember i'm sitting here just saying all this shit trying to summon what i was gonna say oh well i'll tell you this i mean the the way he offs ren and then the rest of the knights are basically like all right well you're the boss now you're like you know that that is if i remember that's what happened if I remember, yeah, they kind of have that, that oh, pack of Ren. Okay, so what I was saying, we were talking about how in The Last Jedi, Luke says, yo, he left with a handful of my students or whatever. Right. And I, you know, it seemed like it could possibly be trying to imply then that those were the Knights of Ren. Well, what I think it has turned out to be, after all three movies in that Rise of Kylo comic, is that remember the Jedi that chase there's like, what is it? Three or four Jedi that go chasing after Kylo mm -hmm. after the night that the temple gets destroyed. Remember those guys? I think yes. Luke assumed that those Jedi left with Kylo. Okay. And doesn't realize that they actually went chasing after him. And I don't know, free. but that's, that's kind of what I'm going with right now. Um, besides the one with Ren, uh, I thought the second story with Darth Maul and Grievous 
wasn't that great, if I'm being honest with you. There was a lot more you could have done with just Grievous. I mean, not saying that Darth Maul is tired, but Darth Maul is tired. And you can let him... I mean, I know it's like Halloween, spider legs, missed opportunity if you don't. But the Grievous stuff would have been cooler. I'm just... Can't be 100% honest with you here, buddy. We're in, yeah. a, we're in a Star Wars circle of trust right now. Yeah. I, um... I'm just not a huge fan of Sam Witwer. Really? Yeah. So when he shows up as Darth Maul, like, I'm just like, ah, this guy. This guy, huh? Back to the old Witwer, are we? <laughs> awesome. Just, this is awesome. But what I did like, and I thought was was fairly interesting, was the third uh, little story, The Wookiee's Paw. That's basically oh, yeah. Star Wars. What if? What if Luke really did leave and join the Imperial Academy? Yeah, trained by his father. Yeah, I thought that one was fun um, to basically become Star Killer. Why? No, not not necessarily. No, we don't have to bring him into. I just got Will. The, this would be like me being like, "Hey, man." Uh, we're having a party this weekend. Can you not bring I mean, Paul? the mantle of the original Star Killer, not the Force Unleashed character. I got the, you. The, the original prototype concept that that one is named after. Because wasn't like in the original drafts, wasn't it like Luke Star Killer before it was? I think it was Skywalker. Yeah. So Star Killer was the surname. I don't know if this would be something like our buddy Robbo and King Tom and. You know, people Someone who's actually read the prototype script or something. Well, you know, I there so I don't know that Luke and Starkiller were ever together. Starkiller was the the surname of the main character at one point, but I think it like it might have been like Kane Starkiller or something like that. I could be very mistaken right now. Um see this is what people normally turn turn tune in to blue harvest and get as me being like mm, i don't know i don't know if that's what's going on or if what went on maybe he was luke star killer at some point i just know you know before luke there were there were other names for the main character right <laughs> um but yeah i i I thought it was interesting because after the Marvel what if stuff, you've seen a lot of people being like, we need a Star Wars what if. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of got that. As I say, that's exactly what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they were woven in with a bunch of horror tropes. Yeah. The monkey's paw, you know, a bunch of other stuff. Even though there was a whole last trilogy of of mini series comics called Star Wars Infinities, right? that right. did Star Wars what a years ago. We've got yeah. I don't really know that I need a whole Star Wars what if show. I would kind of rather them oh, no. devote their time to something else. Yeah. Like more Star Wars visions or continuing the ninth Jedi from Star Wars visions or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Even more Lego Star Wars holiday events. Although, you know, we got Halloween, we got Con- Christmas continuing this one would be awesome you know the bride the uh what is it the, the village bride, bride. village bride you know? yeah 
Um, I really yeah. like the way the director approached that. We'll get to that in a minute. So there's one of those Star Wars Infinities. They weren't great. I, I remember really liking the first one pretty well, but there's one. It might have been the Return of the Jedi Star Wars Infinities where Vader doesn't die after he gets redeemed. So he changes his armor to be all white. And he's like strutting around in all white Darth Vader armor. Oh my goodness. Not the strong handle that. Not the strongest concept. So Will uh brought it up. And as part of our efforts to examine each of the Star Wars Visions shorts a little more closely, this week we're gonna be talking about The Village Bride, which is the fourth of the Star Wars Vision shorts, and it comes to us by way of Kinema Citrus. Now I have to admit that for the past few months, ever since it was announced what all studios were involved with Star Wars Visions, I've been calling these jokers just Cinema Citrus because I just thought they were spelling it in a fancy way. Mm-hmm. You know, they like changing the uh, first letter from a C to a K, kind of mm-hmm. like corn. All right. <laughs> but then I'll watch the um, behind the scenes feature on this one and they straight up pronounced it kinema citrus so uh my bad for getting that wrong for so long oh you never know but this one is directed by hitoshi haga and written by takahito unishi and hitoshi haga uh and this story is very close to being my favorite in all of the star wars vision stuff i really like this one top to bottom look feel you know writing the story it tells the music the voice Mm -hmm. acting in both versions japanese and the english dub (laughs) this one's really cool uh and definitely i could see wanting uh, some more from these characters or at least the main character whose name by the way they never mention in the episode like I played, paid special close and t- special attention to it today. Yeah, the character's name is F, as in just the letter F. Uh huh. <clears throat> um, I did not know that. And it is a story set in between the the prequels and the original trilogy. It's post fall of the Republic during the reign of the Empire. And it deals Which is why she's hiding her identity, right? Yes, and it deals with a, a Jedi Padawan whose master was killed, presumably in Order sixty six, who uh, travels to a planet that is um, sort of being messed around with by a group of raiders who have repurposed all of the abandoned battle droids that were left there. Uh, after the Clone Wars. Um, And I gotta say, of all of the characters in all of Visions, I think the main character in this one, um, F, is my favorite character. Yeah, she's awesome. She is awesome. I think the Ninth Jedi might be my favorite short, but she's my favorite character. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I gotta say, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, they released all of the music from the 
Star Wars Visions episodes, and I yeah. highly recommend people go and listen to the music from this episode. We talked about it quite a bit on the episode we had with Steve when we first mm-hmm. discussed Visions, but man, is it great. It's, my, it's also my favorite music in all of Star Wars Visions. On the extra, it showed how much effort and attention they went to to use traditional Japanese instruments mm-hmm. in, in, in the making of that music. Yeah. And I really liked how the director used the concept of what he called uh, mountain worship, which is separate from religion in Japanese culture, and really, you know, like personified harmony with the planet. This This planet of people that are, you know, in harmony with the force and the planet itself, even even after they had you know all their resources taken from them, that still happens. It's very reverent and it's very uh, ideological and aspirational. Yeah, and I really like this idea that you know this this village on this planet is clearly not you know. I, you know, I get the vibe that it's probably somewhere in the outer rim. It's not really connected to the galactic core. It's It was mineral rich or had some sort of resources that the separatists wanted. And they came and ravaged the planet. And then once the separatists were gone, these raiders came in and continued the cycle, right? So it's right. not like they're connected to Coruscant. And they probably don't get a lot of visitors. And even beside, but despite all that, they... Ha- Ooh, she almost got me. They, um, despite all that, they still have fostered this connection to the Force, which they don't call the Force. They call it the Magana. Magana or Magana. Yeah, you get two different pronunciations, interestingly enough. In the, the, the dubbed version, I think they call it the Magina. I can't remember, but you, it's pronounced two different ways depending on which version you want. You watch. Right. <clears throat> um, and it's really cool. Um, I really like that concept and like how, uh, you know, the two characters that are getting married at the beginning, they do that like ceremony and it uh, right. sort of unlocks the planet's memories. And yeah, stuff. sends That's... out this force pulse that mm-hmm. basically, I guess, drops a mountain. I guess I don't know if they're on Earth moats, but you see like this giant cave-in, basically, of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, like you said, and it plays some of the planet's memories. Um, and you know the the guy who's getting married to um, the lady, uh, the character Asu. That in the English version, that's Christopher Sean, who also did the voice of uh, Kazuda from um, uh, Resistance. Christopher Sean, and then um, you know you get the whole story about how these raiders have set up and reprogrammed the battle droids to do their bidding and and help steal the resources from this planet. And as collateral, he wants to the the leader wants to take the village elder hostage but his daughter uh decides to go volunteers. yeah volunteers to go in his stead um and it's real cool like you know this is not the most action heavy 
of the no. the episodes by far. Uh, but man, does the it action set a isn't tone. even implied? You don't even really see it. You see the prep and the finish, much like a samurai movie. You don't right. see the actual blowfall. Yeah, I mean, you see like there's the shootout before she steps in and finishes off right. the main guy. But yeah, as far as lightsaber stuff, you just get some ball and posing and then the aftermath. And like I said, while it might not be the most action heavy, this episode sets up quite the tone. And it's beautiful. It's got some amazing animation. And uh, I just really dig it. I the director like said, you know, he tried to employ his 30 years of knowledge, and it shows. Yeah. Cinematically, it's, it's exquisite. Yeah. And something interesting I was reading um, Kinema Citrus is a studio that was started completely by former production IG staff members and Bones studio staff members. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And, you know, next week we'll be talking about production IG because they're who made the Ninth Jedi. And right. I just thought that was really cool that, oh, like both of those studios and then, you know, employees of those studios were like, hey, let's go make our own studio. Um, I just really, really like this episode, man. The um, you get like for what a seventeen-minute short in visions. Yeah, you get a whole lot of like implied and shown backstory, like storytelling. You, yep, you know a lot about these characters in only seventeen minutes. Right, uh, and it's real economical with its time and its presentation, and I appreciate that. And it makes me think that, like, you know, in a hypothetical future where we get more, like, they could really do some cool stuff if they were to expand on these characters more. Um, but, yeah, the F, the main character, so rad. You put that out as a black series or, God forbid, a hot toy, watch out. Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? Watch out is all I'm saying. And when I say watch out, I mean sit back and watch this dude spend some cash. That's fast to say. Knowing my luck, they'll be like, yeah, we're doing a black series, and it's a Walmart exclusive. <laughs> and it's going up for pre-order tomorrow, and then the Walmart site crashes, and <laughs> and then everybody, and then they're selling for like 200 bucks on eBay. I'm a little salty, as a side note. So... I can't really be that salty because I've had a lot of good luck with hard to, to get things over the past year or so. But they announced yesterday that the <laughs> guitar player from Tool, Adam Jones, were, they were going to be selling a limited number of signed posters through the Gibson online web store because he's got this new signature guitar that he's been promoting for the last couple of months and he did right. a signing with him and the poster's real cool it's like original adam jones art and i was like hey i'm gonna try and get one of those um i'm gonna try to get one of those posters so i set an alarm right they go on sale at 12 o'clock central yesterday i set an alarm for 11:45. that way i'm ready 15 minutes early and i figured yeah you know these are probably pretty limited. We'll see how it goes. <clears throat> and then uh, 
I get on at 11.45, and already the site is fucking up, and I can't load the site. That's a bad sign. 15 minutes early before they even go on sale. So, yeah, I didn't get my hands on one. And the whole time I'm trying to get through the site, I'm on the phone with our buddy Steele because he called to shoot the shit. And so I'm, like, talking to him and loading the Gibson website on my phone and on my laptop, and it just wasn't meant to be. So that's probably what they'll do. It's literally not a big deal that I didn't get to spend money on a stupid poster. It's not a big deal. I'm just a little salty about it. And I could just see if they ever do star Wars visions figures, they're going to end up being like exclusive to dumb retailers and hard to get my hands on. I mean, yeah, probably in all likelihood. Oh, you know what I didn't look into? Remember last week how we were talking about bringing home the bounty and how the yes. the first thing they showed off were some Star Wars Crocs? Yeah. Um, I didn't see what they they announced this week for the second week. We gotta huh. we gotta look real quick. Obviously, it must not have been anything big if it didn't reverberate through Star Wars social media. Okay, week two. It'll be a set of vans. Shop the collection now. Hey. Star Wars vans, I'd be much more into. Okay, what do we got? <clears throat> Week two. Um, Acme Archives, Hunter Reverie. Oh, so we got some exclusive art prints. That's pretty neat looking. We got a Rock Love Dark Saber Kyber Crystal Necklace. All that right. Nice. We got a Barefoot Dreams Cozy Chic The Mandalorian Robe. We got the Bandar Ronin, Bandai Ronin, Mandalorian, and Grogu Beskar armor figure. That's been announced for a few weeks now. Um, we got some Star Wars Black Series that have already been announced and have so- sold out weeks ago. I don't know why you're promoting this shit that people aren't going to be able to get. Yeah. Uh, some Lego. Okay, we're looking a little better than last week. We got... Uh, a Lego Imperial light cruiser, um, a gentle giant Star Wars Yoda bust, a gentle giant Star Wars Attack of the Clones Padme Amidala Premier Collection statue. Yeah. Okay, that's a little better than last week. Yeah, we can get down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I still find it odd that they're promoting Star Wars figures. That's like I said, sold out like three weeks ago. Cause I, they they did these, um, sort of retro styled droids figures, like based off of the droids cartoon. So yeah. they did a a C three PO and an R two D two that look like their animated versions, and they also did a Boba Fett. So you know me, I I got up and pre- uh, did my best to get those that Boba Fett figure pre-ordered Boba Fett. so <laughs> unless they're planning to put more of those up and once again they were an ex- they were a, a Walmart exclusive so that you know it's not even like you could go to a bunch of different sites it was only one site so unless right. they're planning on putting more of those up for pre-order I think that's a little silly to promote those as part of your big bring home the bounty merchandising like push. you said especially if they're gone mm-hmm. they're already gone yeah they've been gone for weeks I wonder what they're <clears throat> being. Um, is that some way of saying there's more coming? I don't know. Maybe it is. Let me look real quick. I want to see how much 
they're being scalped for on eBay already. Oh, probably a ridiculous amount. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, you never know. Okay, so maybe it was Target. Maybe I'm wrong. And yeah, I think it must have been Target instead of Walmart. Regardless, they look like they're they have people selling them for about seventy five bucks. The Boba Fats right now. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> All right. Um. So, do you have anything else to add to our discussion about the uh, Village Bride? I don't. Yeah, I'm pretty good on that one. Besides saying, like, man, do I dig this one? And yeah, uh, it's definitely one I would love to see more of. But we'll see. Absolutely. All right. Why don't we uh, jump into some voicemails and hear from our friends? Hell yeah. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box. Kia D. Cockhead. Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead. He's a big Surian stud. He loves to split chicks with his pud. Kitty Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow Cockhead Hey, if you want to have your voicemail or email featured on the show, send it in to blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, this and it's going to be much ple- more pleasant than um, opening a portal to hell like Will did earlier this week. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> eh, we're not going to eh, do that. Don't yeah, I don't recommend it. <laughs> All right, ten out of ten, don't recommend. Here we go. First up, we've got our buddy. He is a man of many podcasts. The prophet of the Lando Quatrain. The king of all toms, King Tom Chansky. Hey there, Haas and Will. Hope you two are doing well. Um, For some reason, the movie My Blue Heaven has been on my mind a lot lately. Hmm. Um, You know, it's got Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, um, Joan Cusack in it. Um, It's about, uh, it's a good, funny movie. and I was thinking, you know, it would be funny if the characters, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Steve Martin, Rick Moranis, Joan Cusack, everyone else in, in, in the movie were great. But what if they were played by Han, Luke, and Leia? And that got me thinking, are there any other, like, classic, and of course comedies come to mind, but I'm sure also, like, classic 80s comedies or, you know, adventure movies would be fun with the characters swapped out not played by the actors but like 
the Star Wars characters. Uh. Um, like, again, you know, the other one that came to mind was Kindergarten Cop with Kiati Mundi. It is not a Tuma. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, so I'm wondering, do you guys have any, you know, classic 80s or 70s, maybe 90s movies that you think would be great if the main ar- actors were swapped out with Star Wars characters? Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. I'll talk to you guys later. Ooh, I kind of like this question. Although I have never seen My Blue Heaven. That is a movie that I have not seen. I haven't seen that either. But the question is an interesting premise. I, uh, I'm having a hard time right off the bat putting something together, but I'm so sure I'll get there. All right. Hear me out, right? Okay. Um, let's say uh, Mall Rats. All right. Mall Rats. The Kevin Smith picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Written and directed by Kevin Smith. His second feature uh-huh. bombed at the box office. First Kevin yeah. Smith movie I ever saw. Made me a lifelong Kevin Smith fan. All right. <clears throat> Imagine Mall Rats with Brody being played by Han Solo. Uh huh. His girlfriend Renee being played by Princess Leia. T.S., which would be. Um, it's either Jason or Jeremy London. I'm not sure which one of the London brothers it is anymore. That would be yeah. Luke Skywalker. Um, you would have uh, Boba Fett would be LaForce, the security guard. Ford, I think it's LaForce um, at the mall. Uh, you would have... Uh, what is the main... Uh, Michael Rooker, his character, that could be um, Darth Vader. Um, who? So Ben Affleck is the proprietor of Fashionable Male, and he likes to have sex with women in a very uncomfortable place, which is not the back of a VW Bug. <laughs> who would play that character? Help me out here, Will. Oh god, I don't know. He's one of the other he he's what I guess you could call a minor villain in the movie. So maybe Tarkin. Ponda Boba and Dr. Evazen. <laughs> Ponda Boba and Dr. Evazen could be uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Jay and Silent Bob. Um who would maybe Chewbacca would be the proprietor of fashionable male. I don't even think that really works. Chewbacca would be um uh, the guy staring at the picture, trying to see uh, the sailboat. Can you imagine Han and Chewbacca as Jay and Silent Bob? I can. <laughs> I can indeed. I often do. Nice, nice, nice. Chewbacca's standing there looking at the, the picture and some kids come up and go, look, look, mommy, a schooner. And Chewbacca says, ha ha ha, you dumb bastard. It's not a schooner. It's a sailboat. <laughs> uh, okay, that's that's one of mine. What do you got for me, buddy? Um, the Breakfast Club would be cool with all Padawans, like like Ahsoka, uh, Kanan, Ezra. Like not even you know, not age difference between Kanan and Ezra. But if you could just 
remake right. the Breakfast Club with all Padawans. That would be cool. You could have um, okay. Let's think. We you would have Ahsoka, and you could mm-hmm. have um, Barris Offy. Right. Yep. You have Cal Kestis. You could. There we go. You have Cal Kestis. He would be Anthony Michael Hall, for sure. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, Kanan would be. Um, uh, you know, Kanan would be the jock. Yes. Emilio Estevez. No, I think Kanan's the other guy. Oh. Uh, um, shit. The guy who, when Jay and Silent Bob strikes back, goes, "Let's go back to the jail and cornhole us a drunk." Oh my god! What is that guy's name? Shit, Judd. Uh, uh Judd Nelson. Is that Judd his Nelson? name? The the hard ass. Yeah. The leather jacket guy. Yeah. Smoke up, Johnny. Judd Nelson. Yes. Judd so Nelson. Judd Nelson. That could be. I think that's. Mm, maybe that is Kanan. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like this idea though. Maybe Soar's Bandeem would be Anthony Michael Hall. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then See? Kanan. Kanan could be Judd Nelson. And then yep. Cal Kestis could be Emilio Estevez. And Tarkin would be the principal. Oh, my goodness. At the time, he's the just... You Is know. he the coach or the principal? Yeah, yeah, the principal. Whatever the principal. I'm trying to think if I got another one. Hmm. He said action movie, 80s action movies. Oh, Big Trouble in Little China. Right. Oh my goodness. Big uh, Trouble in Little China. Because, or Mad Max. Han Solo as Jack Burton. Uh, Chewbacca as Wang. Or Luke Skywalker. Either one would work there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Princess Leia as um, the female King lead in that Carol. movie. Emperor Palpatine is Lopan. Yeah, yeah, this works on many levels. This works on many, many levels. I like this. The Inquisitors as the fucking Lords of Lightning or whatever. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Ooh. Ooh, Highlander. Highlander with oh. Luke Skywalker as Connor McCloud and Han Solo as uh, Ramirez. No, you would have to do Obi-Wan Kenobi as M- Ramirez. Obi-Wan Kenobi as Ramirez. I mean, it's the fucking Star Wars story, it kind is. of. I yeah, didn't even think Darth about Vader it till now. Darth Vader is the Kurgan. Yeah, Darth Vader is the Kurgan who kills uh, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. I don't even know that you could really... Who could Han Solo even be in the original Highlander? Not yeah, a whole lot of people. A, there's not a whole lot of leads. No, I mean, not, not leads. Uh, supporting... Um, okay, ready? Blood sport. Hey, give me one second. Give me one okay. second. Okay, hear me out. Ready? All right. Blood sport. Blood sport. You oh have you have Han Solo as Frank Dukes, Chewbacca as Jackson, Princess Leia as Janice, the love interest, uh, and Boba Fett as Chong Lee. Boba Fett as Chun Lee. Chong Lee. Chong Lee. Yeah, and it's not Chun Lee like in Street Fighter. <laughs> it's Chung Lee. Um, or you brought up Nightmare on Elm Street earlier. Yeah. Okay. Hear me out here. Bib Fortuna as Freddy Krueger. Bib Fortuna. Ooh, that would be creepy. Yeah, because he's a creepy That'd motherfucker creepy. as it is. He is. Very right. much so. 
Then you have um, Princess Leia as Nancy. Um, this one's a little harder. I'm having a little harder time on this one. I just thought of Bib Fortuna as Freddy Krueger. It's a perfect fit, but the rest of the cast is a hard squeeze. It is. It is. Because, like, I don't feel like... Um, I don't feel like Han Solo is a good fit for Glenn, which is Nancy's boyfriend, played by mm -hmm. Johnny Depp, who gets eaten by the bed. The best scene Johnny Depp has ever been in in his entire it's fucking like a career. Blood fountain, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. <clears throat> um, yeah, that oh, one's a little harder. I don't think I can squeeze that one together as easily. Let me let me tr let's try to think of at least one more because I feel like we went off the reservation a little bit with uh, with uh, what King Tom suggested. He's talking about Martin Short's movie movies, and we're like. Ooh, can we bring up the Highlander in Bloodsport again? <laughs> um. Okay, okay, okay. Conan, and it's like just a Chewbacca origin story. There's no other characters, and it's just Conan, and it's Chewbacca. <laughs> Oof. Man, Chewbacca's going to be up to some crazy shit. Yeah, ripping people's arms off and shit. Mm, he has been known to rip people's arms out of their socket. <clears throat> oh, okay. Let's see. Who do we got next? Conan. <laughs> Can't believe. <laughs> hey, you guys ever seen this movie with Martin Short and Steve <laughs> Martin? Mm -mm. Nope. But you know what we have seen, King Tom? The Highlander <laughs> and Conan. <laughs> Conan. And Bloodsport and Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street and Mall Rats. You had me at 80s action movies. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we've got one from Mr. Um, 100, Kobe. 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 Hey, Oz and Wills, boy Kobe, aka Mr. 100, uh, coming at you again with another voicemail. Um, sorry if it's a little louder than usual. I usually try to find a nice, uh, quiet place to sit back and record these when I'm working, but I'm a little busier today, but you know, I always got time for you boys. Um, so we're just going to make it work. I'm driving, uh, at the moment. So sorry if it is a little louder and a little more rattly than usual and blame my van for that. Um, anyway, I just got to tell you, I got football on the brain again. Uh, as I do most of the time this year. Um, a couple weeks ago, I asked a question about if you made up your kind of like your fantasy Star Wars football team, how you would how you would craft that. Um, and I decided that I wanted to spruce that up a little bit. I took the liberty of making two Star Wars teams again i apologize i can just hear the rattling in the back feed of this vi uh it's probably gross but i'm sorry um anyway got two teams here we got team one i pretty much just did skill positions so quarterback running back wide receiver tight end and then o-line and defense for each team kept it a little a little simpler um team one we got the sarlax 
quarterback, we got Anakin Skywalker. Obviously good leader, good quarterback. Running back, we got a smaller, undersized, but quick and shifty Ahsoka, who's going to be the kind of like their little scat back. Quick, elusive, hard to tackle. Uh, wide receiver, we got Maul. Scat back was my nickname in high school. Shorter guy, but he's definitely quick reason. and fast and can go up for those jump balls if he can create separation. Uh, tight end, we got Bosk. I mean, it's pretty obvious. Uh, big, tall, um, long arms is going to be the key for that one. Um, go up and grab those catches down the middle. O-line, we got the Republic Commandos. They work as a unit. They're a great unit. Um, they're pretty beefy. They're going to get it done there. The, the fat boy is going to get it done. Um, defense, rounding out the Sarlacc team is going to be the commando droids i feel like they're just a good all-around unit um you know they're 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 bulkier they can take hits Complete. more than like a regular battle droid and they're just they're shifty they're quick um they're hard to hard to get to and i think they're gonna that's gonna translate well to the defensive side it's gonna be a quick hard-hitting defense team two we got the banthas um, the the arch rival to Anakin, obviously Obi Wan Kenobi. So also his best friend, I guess, depending on the area you look at. So the arch rival here, Obi Wan Kenobi, hitting it up at quarterback. Um, he's a great leader. He's very level headed. He's that guy you want in clutch moments, uh, two minute drills in the fourth quarter. Running back, we got the, kind of the opposite of of Soka. Excuse me, Ahsoka. We got Mace Windu. He's going to be a hard hitter, but he's also fast. He's just a physical freak, a brute. Um, I think he's going to be a real difference maker for this team. Um, wide receiver, IG11, tall, big hands, big you know, big arms. We obviously saw how effective he was at using his hands, um, going crazy fast, and how accurate and precise he was at um, when he was protecting Baby Yoda on the speeder bike. I think that's going to translate well to the field. I think he's going to go up and he's going to make some amazing catches. He's also, like, really tall, so obviously he's got a leg up on everybody. Tight end, we got Chewy. Pretty much the same thing as Bosk, just a big physical freak. Um, O-line, super battle droids. They're going to be ones where if you can get pressure around the outsides, you might be able to get around them, but ain't nobody going up the middle on a unit of super battle droids. Not happening. And then defense, we got the Bad Batch. Um, you got you just got the perfect mix. You got big bruisers like Wrecker. You got quick and shifty guys like Hunter or uh, Crosshair. Tech's gonna be able to come up with the best, uh, you know, ski, defensive schemes. He's gonna be able to calculate it and, and do the analytics in his head before the play even happens. It's gonna be perfect. Um, so those are the teams. I'll make sure to write them down in the email, type them out, so that way you have a comprehensive list to look at, so that way you don't have to, you know, in case you forget any. So. All right, sorry if this went a little long. Um, as always, you guys are the best. Keep it real. Have a good one. So he wants to know which team we think wins, right? Yeah, I guess. I am calling it for the Banthas, all right? That's the team that consists of Obi-Wan, Mace Windu, IG-11, <clears throat> Chewie. The O-line is the super battle droid. And the defense is the Bad Batch. That sounds pretty awesome. That's hard to beat. That's better. I mean, the offensive Republic Commandos are awesome, but they're just Republic Commandos. You throw a Wookiee in there, <laughs> some super battle droids, you're done. Where are I, the Trandestotians? Um, I uh, I was laughing 
while I was reading that because he's got a really, a really funny, a really funny typo when he lists the first team, which was the Sarlax, which is Anakin, Ahsoka, Maul, and then at tight end he has Bussy instead oh, of Bosk. <laughs> and the <laughs> a line is the Republic Commando and the defense would be the Commando droids. Yeah, no. That just sounds like the weaker team. Yeah, look, I love, you know, Anakin, obviously, Ahsoka. <clears throat> it really defend, depends on who's doing the voice acting for Maul. Uh, <laughs> Bosk, obviously, I'm a big fan of Bosk and his bussy. Um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but he probably has a cloaca. Oh, definitely. He's a lizard man. He's definitely got a cloaca. Uh, and he lays eggs in clutches. They call them a clutch of of Trandoshan eggs. But then you get team two, like Obi Wan. Obi Wan's my dude. Mace Windu. Ig Eleven. Chewie and the Bad Batch. I think that's. I think they're taking it all day. All day. That's Alabama right there. <laughs> all right. Next up, we got a voicemail from Jacob. Dudes, what's going on? First off, um, I don't know about name brand Crocs, but I do own a pair of Walmart brand Croc offshoot things. They don't have the weird strap in the back. But I do have to say, they are a godsend. They are a miraculous shoe innovation. Not only, you know, are you just hanging outside grilling some meats? You just want some fresh, airy vehicles for your feet? But, you know, if you're down at the lake or down by the river, you know, there's mud or sand. You can just easily wash those things off. Hell, they're pr- practically, you know, indestructible. I bet you I could run them over with my car and I could still immediately put them on my feet and they'd be good to go still. Second off, the uh, band Star Waver f- from the second episode of Star Wars Visions, what type of weather or what to what lengths would you go through to go to a star waiver concert you know would you go through another downpour you know to see a sweet jedi padawan as a lead singer you know a bass playing hut hell you might even have a cameo appearance by boba fett Ooh. or you know someone else come to the show so uh what links would you go to to go to a star waiver show check you guys later and thank you for the great show as always Man, I look, I knew it was coming. I knew somebody was going to come to the defense of Crocs, and I deserve that. I mean, you know, if you're not a fan of, you know, foot prisons or shoes, as I like to call them, uh, you know, Crocs are a nice option. Hey, man, you guys do you with your Crocs. I, I can't even speak to it. Jacob's coming here. Bragging about all the walking he's doing and all the activities enjoy, he's doing while he's walking. Enjoy me, your foot shackles. Telling me how fucking comfy his shoes are. Could be free. 
free to be you and me and your crocs <laughs> now what would i go through to see star waiver now until he brought up that, that there might be a cameo by the one and only boba fett like you know in a hypothetical world i'm at this concert and i'm seeing star waiver and boba fett shows up and i'm not talking about you know some dude who spent thousands of dollars recreating a screen accurate boba fett costume for a con we're talking actual boba fett like if he was a real person showing up that's that's pretty enticing although i don't know that you really want to be where boba fett is showing up you know what i mean like yeah, you don't want to be in close proximity to what's about to go down. Yeah, like uh, especially you might get accidentally disintegrated. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's going to be blaster bolts flying around. That hut guy on base is going to be like using his base as a flamethrower. Things could get dicey, and in a situation like that, like the crowd is going to be stampeding out, and I'm going to be stuck, probably getting roasted. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the other thing I was going to say is. I got to hear the rest of the Star Waver album before I commit to some sort of extreme weather conditions, right? Like, sure, the they got. And I'm braving space to come see them. Well, they should be. They came to Earth, right? Oh, that, they came to Earth. Yeah, but so that what kind of premise. what kind of uh, weather conditions would you put up to see Star Waver? And I'm saying, yeah, that first single is a banger. It's fire. But what's the rest know, of the album? Anything that won't get me killed, I'll sit out a tornado or a hurricane. But everything else, I'll probably probably pass up on a flood too. But I, I'd probably go through. Oh, you know what sucks? All the rest of the weather. So you know, last week you and I recorded on Wednesday because Thursday was Jesse and I's ten year anniversary, right? Mm-hmm. And part of what we did for each other for our anniversaries is we got each other concert tickets i got her tickets to see phoebe bridgers which was the concert we went to that was during the uh torrential downpour and she got me tickets for us to go see slipknot which was supposed to be this sunday october 24th so last thursday i get up we're hanging out jesse's got to work sort of late so you know we're not going to do anything huge the evening of our anniversary just sort of hang out And then we're going to go to like a fancy dinner on Saturday and stuff. And so it's about noon. I'm just working in the living room. Jesse's working in her office. And we get a notification that the Slipknot show is canceled. No way. Yeah. Canceled. Did they say why? Oh, yeah. The venue where it was going to be, that torrential downpour during the Phoebe Bridgers concert flooded the venue. Oh my goodness. That we were going to see Slipknot in. And they canceled a whole bunch of concerts that were coming up in the next few days. So That old place worked on. Yeah. So that was a bit of a bummer. That's very much a bummer. And and then, like, it was real funny <clears throat> that evening. She was like, I know you're bummed. And I was like, yeah, it sucks. And she goes, yeah, I was really excited. And you ever hear somebody say something that you just know is a lie? oh yeah (laughs) and i just looked up at jesse and she goes well i I was excited for you because i knew you were excited i was like yeah i i get it i hear you you know when that cancellation came through the Ticketmaster app she just breathed a sigh of of relief (sighs) 
Sheesh. She said, shoo, she said. Live to fight another day. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next up, we've got one more voicemail. And this is from Jim. Hold on. I need to check something real quick. Um, okay. Just want to make sure. Here we go. This is from our buddy Jim. Good evening, gentlemen. I wanted to take a second to talk to you about Crocs. Oh, my goodness. I know. Nobody likes them. But I'll tell you what, man. I walk uh, on solid, hard-ass concrete all day, every day, in boots. And when I get home, take my boots off, and I walk on something like tile or anything hard, I can, it feels like my feet are actually bruised. So I need something. Slippers do make my feet sweat. And flip-flops, well, five, seven years ago, something like that, I rolled my foot in a pair of leather flip-flops on two steps and broke my foot in six places. So I don't fucks with flip-flops anymore. I used to love them. But, uh, so what do I have left? I got Crocs. Uh, They are the ugliest footwear that you can get. Um, And there is no improving them. You can put the Mandalorian's face on there. It's still going to look like a fucking pair of ugly-ass Crocs. But I'll tell you, they're light. They're comfortable. That's it. I sacrifice and I support the comfort. And they come in handy, man. Uh, One, so I was on a job site building houses, and there's like a foot and a half of mud on on the entire job site. So you got to wear boots. And at the end of the day, they're covered in mud. So I would take them off, put them in the back seat, put on my Crocs, and uh, drive home. Well, I do that every day, Take you know, leave the boots in the car. Well, one time I took the damn boots out of the car, went to work in the morning, and to stick frame houses, all I had was a pair of Crocs to wear. I was hoping the boss wasn't going to see him. Three seconds in, he's like, how's everybody doing? Holy shit, what are you wearing? And uh, got a huge line of shit about it. But you know what? I built house. Uh, <laughs> I was walking the roof. I was swinging the hammer. Uh, if I hit my foot or stepped on a nail, I would have been decimated. But I got to say, you know, they they supported me for the day. I got the shit done. Didn't miss a beat. And, you know, they're just ugly ass shoes. But I just needed to give them a little bit of love. I'm sorry. I, 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 I didn't want to say anything. Who the hell loves Crocs? But, man, I, I had to put some Croc love out there. I've been, uh, I've been wearing them since the beginning. Well, that's it, guys. I'll, uh, I had a percentage question, but uh, percentage questions, but I guess I'll save them. Y'all have a good one. Ignite the green. See, you fired those shots did. across the Croc bow. I sure did, and I summoned the Croc Avengers. Yeah, the Croc Avengers assembled Croc against symbol. me. I brought it on myself. I have nobody to blame but myself. I was Walk in a right fucking bad mood because we had to put our dog to sleep and man and and who did you're i take like, it out on innocent ass crocs you're like motherfucker fuck crocs i thought the one bright sorry, spot man. crocs are cool i'm just upset <laughs> i thought the one bright spot might be the announcement of some new star wars merchandise and what's the first thing mine eyes do perceive I want to fill this hole in me with merchandise. And I don't fucking wear Crocs. Fuck Crocs. Oh. I miss my dog. I oh, know, man. 
I know. I am sorry for your loss. I would wear Crocs <laughs> all the day. Rest of my life. I would get two tiny Crocs tattooed below my eyes like teardrops. Anyways, that's going to do it for us this week. I'm sorry about the Croc slander. I deserve it. I deserve you guys coming back at me about the Crocs. You're right. They're not that bad. I mean, they're bad, but they're not that bad. I guess there's worse shoes out there. Do you remember Wallabies, the old man shoes? Mm Mm-mm. Maybe that was just a brief period in high school. I think think, uh, the animal Wallabies are cool. Let me let me yeah, look up wallabies. Wallabies are the shit. Wallabies. Shoes. I think they're by. Um, who are they by? William William Witten. Yes, I've seen you wear these. Nah, I never had a pair of wallabies. Oh well, I've seen somebody wear these. I've seen these shoes in person. Uh, they they used to be old man shoes. Like when I was in middle school, I was like, "Why the fuck is everybody wearing these old man shoes?" And then they were just super popular. Maybe I've seen Goose wear these. Who did I see wear these shoes? I now I know what you're talking about. That I'm looking at them. Yeah, don't they look like old man shoes? Uh, they. Can you imagine them underneath a pair of p- press slacks that are riding way too high? Shoo. Okay. I get it. These are worse than Crocs. I'm just going to say. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Because next week I'm going to have a couple voicemails being like, look, man. Wallabies are all right, man. In defense of wallabies. <laughs> My great granddaddy wore wallabies till the day he died. And I still wear his pair of wallabies. <laughs> I got to look. Let's let, let's look up the history of wallabies shoes. There's Surely a, they're a specific company that I forget the name of. Clark? Clark's? Clark, yeah. That's it. Clark's. They're Clark's. That's what That's what they'll be called on the legit street. Not, they won't be called Wallabies, I don't think. Let me see. Do they have a Wikipedia page, Wallabies? C&J Clark. Ah. Maybe a style. That may be a style name, too. It's a British international shoe manufacturer and retailer. Founded in 1825, the company company is commonly known for his desert boot, an ankle-high boot with crepe rubber rubber sole, usually made out of calf suede leather traditionally supplied by somebody that we don't give a shit about. (laughs) Um, That's what they're known. They don't even have a, a wallaby entry. Products. Aha, here we go. Wallaby, produced by Clark from 1967 and based on a moccasin called the Grasshopper, launched in 1964 by the German company Sue, the Wallaby brand was manufactured at the Padmore and Barnes factory based in Kilkenny, Ireland, which Clark's has acquired, had acquired in 1963. Um, Yo, I think I just had a paranormal activity. Oh, yo, really? I swear, bro, all my hair is standing up on my arms. I swear, I just out of my peripheral saw somebody pass behind me like Jesse was going to the fridge. But then there was no one there when you turned around. 
Yeah, there's not that's, all this information is boring about the wallaby. Old man shoes. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, cool. But they were they were popular for a very brief time in high school. I mean, maybe they still are, and I'm just out of the loop. But uh, oh, listen to I, this. I can't say. In the cult TV series Breaking Bad, lead character Walter White morphs from a bland high school chemistry teacher into an all-powerful drug kingpin with trademark pork pie hat, black sunglasses, and goatee, but he still wears wallabies. Just about the only shoe he wears from the beginning of the five-season series, five season series until its completion. Huh. We'll go figure. We'll go figure. So they're chemistry shoe teacher, or chemistry teacher shoes, too. Uncertainty principle. That's an ugly ass shoe. The desert boot doesn't look much better either. I haven't seen a desert boot. Uh, it kind of looks like a, a wallaby with more ankle support. <clears throat> Anyways, guys, uh, I guess that that's the end of your wallaby segment. Your ugly shoe segment. Don't come at me, wallaby fans. Please don't. <laughs> that's it for our shoes for the over 60 crowd. <laughs> uh, hey, if you guys haven't already, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps other people find us, and we really appreciate it. Brightens our day. Uh, if you enjoy our theme song, please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music, their Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, or at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com. If you want to hear more of me, but with our buddy Steve talking about video games, then check out the High Potion podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and we'll see you guys next week. Until then, Quite. Quite literally, the two best dudes I know. Well, that is... And you know a lot of dudes! I know a lot of dudes. So that's quite the compliment, my dude. Uh, say it if it true. Well, thank you, buddy. And until next week, uh, this has been Blue Harvest, and I'm Halls Burkhart. And I'm Will Witten. May the Force be with you. May the Force be with all of you. May the Force be with us!